Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. Today I'm joined by Scott McDermott and I'm delighted to also be joined by Gavin Berry. Welcome, Gav. I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to have you down in our little alcove. (laughs) (laughs) On the podcast today, we're going to discuss which Rangers legend would add the most to Steven Gerrard's current side. And we're going to give every player of the season so far a mark for their contribution to Rangers. Well, Scott, I'm going to start with this um, fanciful notion, but it is International Week, so we're stretched on things to talk about. Where, about where does this come from? Th- this has come from my mad brain. No, I, I was perusing Newcastle forums, and I saw Newcastle as, fans... As you do. As you do, yeah. Uh, and I saw Newcastle fans were discussing this, um, and uh, what they were saying was, um, oh, if, if only we could have... Rob Lee in this midfield, they'd make a huge difference. And then they started discussing which players would fit into the Rob team. Lee, I know. <laughs> I know. Forget, forget David Ginola or Alan Shearer. <laughs> I think they think they need somebody with a bit of dig in their midfield. Anyway, regardless. So I thought, well, that'd be interesting. I wonder which Rangers or Celtic legend you put inside. So I wrote a piece for the, for the record sport about uh, which Rangers legend. So I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to tell me what you would do. If you were Steven Gerrard right now, which Rangers legend would you pick from the last 30 years to fit into your team and why? Now, I gave five options in my piece and I'll tell you what they are. I thought Artur Newman for uh, Borna Barisic, Barry Ferguson for whatever midfielder you want, Paul Gascoigne, Brian Loudrup, and uh, what was the other one I picked? Gorham now. No, no, I didn't pick Gorham. Richard Goff, sorry, oh, Richard Goff. How could I forget the nine in a row yeah. <laughs> captain legend? <laughs> Never mind. Um, so that was my picks. Now, I, I'm not going to hold you to that, but the reason I didn't put in someone like, for example, Mark Hately, a player I greatly admire, I think he'd be worth an absolute fortune nowadays, an English centre-forward with the kind of pace and power he had, was because I was thinking about it from the point of view, well, Alfredo Morales is pretty damn good. Would you really want to take him out, even to put someone like Hately in? You're probably better to take someone... Yeah, and put them in that's in a weaker area of the team. So, so Scott, I'm going to start you. You can start us off. Who would be your pick and why? Uh, I would go for Gascoigne, right? Personally, um, <clears throat> I mean Rangers have got a strong midfield, as you know, just now. But there's nobody uh, anywhere near the level of Gascoigne, uh, and that listen, that goes without saying. We're in a different era, different different time. But in terms of him actually impacting this team. No, maybe the one thing Rangers are missing, and we've probably said it for the last few years, to be honest, is just somebody to literally grab the game by, a scruff, by the scruff of the neck and go and win it on his own. Um, and probably from midfield, because as you say, Morelos is doing his bit. No, 30 goals last season. He's definitely going to get that again this season, so they're no lacking a, a goal scorer. Um, no, they've got flair players like your Kents and people like that um, and that's maybe that maybe you could maybe argue for Loudrup because you know your Ryan Kent Shea Ojo this kind of glut of wide players they've got um, I mean none of them are, are anywhere near uh, Loudrup's capabilities obviously but I just think Gascoigne for that kind of genial ability when you know, maybe a game's not going for you maybe it's a tight scruffy 90 minutes, we just need somebody to you know, take the ball, grab the game by scruff and go and win it with a, a wonder goal. I think if you could put him into this this Rangers team, into that midfield, you know, alongside like a Jack and a Davis, for instance, then that would just be the, the cherry on top of the cake. 
suppose Gaza and Lauro would be the two. I mean, they are going to be the two obvious ones that people would automatically pick because they are the two best, you know, they, yeah. they are the two best players, you know, for Rangers in the, in the last sort of 30 years. When me and Scott were talking about it just briefly there before we come on air and he said, this is what we're going to be talking about. <clears throat> Initially, I said to him, well, maybe Arthur Newman. That was just because I was picking a kind of the left-back spot. Although Barisic has improved this season, you know, it's probably an area that people would say has been the kind of, was the kind of weak link. Arthur Newman was tr- proper international class when he arrived. Yeah. But the more I think about it, I would probably go for Richard Goff. I think Connor Goldson, you know, has been you know he's been good this season. I think in the last couple of weeks um, or the last month or so, Philip Hollander has really come on to a game, and I think people can now see you know why they spent three million pound on him. But I just think Richard Goff, well, obviously for his central defensive qualities, but also just the leadership qualities yeah. that he's got because I think when you look across the city Scott Brown you know you think what he has done for Celtic you know during their recent kind of domination that real you know leading by example and that's maybe what Rangers you know lack a bit you know I'm not entirely sure about James Tavernier yeah. as a captain Richard Goff was everything you wanted from a captain in so, terms of winning mentality Goff yeah. was that because I, mean, I think that can then you know that can really take you on another level it's not just about you know the, it's getting others to play around about you and I think he would get more out of the rest of his teammates. I always felt that one of the big things about Richard Goff's career that showed you how strong Scottish football was at the time was that Richard Goff was seen as finished and left Rangers when he was 36 or 37, went away to America, then came back and played in the Premiership for another three (laughs) years and completely sailed it. Um, So that showed you how good he was in terms of his ability to read the game, his his physicality. I mean, you saw him in the Legends game. I mean, obviously, he's a guy pushing into his late 50s now, but he's still... Built pretty much like a like oh, yeah. a, a much younger man. Yeah. If, if you bet. could get if you could get Goff at his peak into a Rangers team, and mm. if you wanted a guy, a leader, as Gav says, to get you over the line in a title race, then he'd be your guy. No mentality, uh, leadership, never say die. Um, no, he had all of that, and as I say, if you wanted a real figurehead uh, to try and get you over the line, and I, I tend to agree with Gav. I think. This Rangers team, we don't know, they've had good results this year, they've done well in Europe. We still don't really know whether they've got the mentality to go and win a, win a title. And clearly, Goff had that in abundance. So, yeah. you've gone. You've I mean, Goldson's got a bit of that, actually, about him. You know, you quite ad- admire him, you know. Yeah, the way, but, but the problem is, you know, he's been prone to the odd mistakes and all that. I'm not saying Goff didn't make mistakes, but there's been too many from Goldson, hasn't there? Yeah. So, you've gone Goff, you've gone Gascoigne, I'm going to go Brian Lodrup. Because Loudrup, I always say Loudrup. I don't know why. It's one of these weird things. Loudrup, Loudrup. I'll try and I'll try and get there. It must be an East Coast thing. But uh, <laughs> I've always done it. I've always been mocked for it. Anyway, Loudrup. I would go for Brian Loudrup because for me, he would give you that spark that Gascoigne that you're talking about that Gascoigne would bring. Yeah. But he would also give you the goals and the pace and the ability to carry the ball that Gerard loves in that inverted winger position. We saw Walter Smith play. Loudrup there yeah. uh, to great effect in the nine in a row season I think uh, as time went on he became more central uh, more effective centrally 
And I think he would just take that Rangers team to a different level and what he would give you creatively in that position. Can you imagine him on one side, Kent on the other, and uh, Morelos going through the middle? Uh, it's hard to argue with that in terms of the creativity they would bring. When you've got a goal scorer like Morelos, if you thought you could have Loudrop you know, putting things on a plate, for him uh, every week I mean God knows how many goals he would he would score so uh, he would score as well that's the other thing yeah so he get you assists and goals yeah I think for me Gascoigne Loudrop probably is each of each you know what, what one you would you'd go for I, I would all I, when it came down to kind of deciding you know, that's great debate who was better Gascoigne or Loudrop I would always say Gascoigne just as I said earlier for that ability to really grab a game by scruff of the neck and go and win it no, on his own. Um, Pure pro- mercurial talent. Yeah, Gascoigne probably was just just gave him the edge for me over uh, over Loudrop during that spell at, uh, at Rangers. But as I say, you could pick either either of those, uh, and they would be they'd be a phenomenon in this Rangers. Because remember when we were talking the other week, we were doing a feature on who was it? Oh, it was before the Rangers Liverpool Legends game. Remember, I spoke to. Patrick Berger, Berger and he was talking about the last time he'd been at Ibrox was on the bench as a youngster for Dortmund and I could never have told you that he yeah. came off the bench in those games but it got us looking back remember we were looking back and yeah. we were talking about you know Gaza's goals how he was brilliant that night in, in Europe yeah. you know Gaza did have moments did. you know the goal against Stoya Bucharest at home yeah. the, the Dortmund one you know although they had a poor run in Europe, a poor record really in Europe around that time and people say when guys and Loudrop were there why did they not do better in Europe and they should have he did at least have flashes I think Loudrop so. less so yeah I think so I think Loudrop no, but the, the three foreigner rule that back then it made it made it tougher obviously for Rangers we all know that but I agree with Gav I think that was the other reason it just gives Gascoigne the edge that he did have moments in Europe big moments Big games, Bucharest, Dortmund, yeah. Oxeri scored. There was a game, I mean, that Dortmund game at Ibrox, a 2-2 game, Gascoigne was, was outstanding. Um, and I think Loudrop never quite produced that in Europe. I mean, listen, I'm not criticising Brian Loudrop by any stretch for the, <laughs> the contribution he made at to Scott Rangers. McDermott, eight. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> um, the first season he joined was what? That was the Athens, wasn't it? Was that? Yes. Athens, so he joined, right. then they go out to Athens. Gasco yep. never came to the following season, did he? Bolly and Loudrop can't play in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> right. As someone yeah. famously yeah, said. Right, yeah. <laughs> they can't play in Europe. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, these were uh, obviously... Uh, Different days um, in terms of the quality, days, but, yeah. but remember Walter Smith was asked. I think it was after the Juventus game. A reporter was asked to ask him what's the problem in Europe. So we don't win enough effing games. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I don't know what you guys think, but thinking back to that time, part of it was that they were so set up towards the the strengths of Gascoigne and, and Loudrop in uh, the Scottish game that they they could just spark something. They were good enough, and they were so much better than the other players that they, you could always rely on them to get something. Yeah. But when you went to Europe, they're more tactically astute. They would work out how to contain Gascoigne. Yeah. They would man-mark yeah. Loudrop. And then the rest of the team would, would then struggle because they were used to playing a certain way. Yeah. Scottish teams couldn't cope. Yeah. But maybe these teams had just enough. I mean, Rangers lost to some really, really average teams at that oh, time. Yeah. Oh, there, I remember, at Ibrox. Yeah, and the other thing is, apart from obviously that famous run in 92-93, I mean, Walter Smith was a young manager then, you know, that's why when you look at, I think even he admitted probably in his second spell, um, 
you know, they were so much more experienced. He'd learned. I mean, when you consider how well he, he managed to do in Europe by going to the UEFA Cup final second time around, he learned. I think he was maybe, he was probably naive in Europe. Yeah, because I think in the early days, if he'd have been if he'd have been as kind of rigid and disciplined to his formation, his lineup back in those days, being sure Juventus and Dortmunds and that, they might have got something. But with with Gascoigne and Loudrop in the team, they actually tried to get and play against these teams. But back then, we weren't really talking about no these type of formations that you see now, different systems and all that. No, to be defensive and hitting the counter attack, that wasn't that prevalent. Back then, it was just about right. Rangers are playing Dortmund at Ibrox. Rangers will just go for them uh, and, and try and win the game. But against your UVs and and other teams, yeah. it was it was difficult for them. And not just them. I mean, we will remember looking at that game recently, the Grasshopper Zurich one as well. That three 0 three 0 away the Grasshopper. Game, I mean, it was like, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was two. terrific. Scored two, I think. Set one up. Yeah, excellent. Right, okay. Well, we're going to move on to the current Rangers team. Um, and give each player a mark to discuss how they've done so far this season. We think this is a good stage to look at how they've done and review that. So, um, Gav, you're looking concerned about this? No, I'm not, just because we were talking about how we... Well, start, tell the listeners what you were going to give George Edmondson. Just no, no, I'm, that, that, <laughs> was, that was <laughs> off the record, Gav. Oh, <laughs> was it right? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're going to no, basically... Just, just, well, to discuss how we're going to do it, it's going to be about their contribution. So my argument was... How could you give George Edmondson a bad mark? Because yeah. he's come in, he's looked really good whenever he's been in. Yeah. By all accounts, he's been a great squad player. Yeah. Um, he's been great around the dressing room. And uh, how could you give him a five? Yeah. Because he's hardly played. Yeah. So so to, to clarify yeah. how we're going to do it, it's based on their contribution. Yeah. So, so it's, not yeah. a, it's not a bad mark. Five out of ten for George Edmondson is not a bad mark. Yeah. It's just that he's it's only a reflection. It's a reflection on the amount of games. It's like I've seen, if you're doing man-by-man ratings in the paper and a guy comes on after 70 minutes... You know, and he, and, he, and he plays well. You don't give him an eight because he's only been on for 20 minutes yeah. as opposed to somebody who's been on eight. So you would, he would get a four. That doesn't mean he's in a bad game. It just means he's not been on for long. Scott, so. explain why there might be a little bit of trepidation about doing this, given the history of players and man-by-man markings. Oh. Well, they say they don't read them, but <laughs> I can assure you they do. I, uh, I mean, listen, it's the great... It's a great thing that you, you think it's so kind of meaningless at the time when you're when you're doing it. I mean, just a mark out of ten and a sentence, you no, know, how your players did in a game or done in a game. But and that's difficult. You no, know, when you're writing a match report, and that Gav will tell you it's difficult then to look over eleven players. Yeah. No, it's difficult Sometimes even 22. to watch. A, aye, it's oh. difficult even to watch the game for ninety minutes while you're doing your match report yeah. and everything else. So you then try and mark every single player. Yeah. It's very difficult, but listen, we're here to be short. So I, I always joke with you about that. There's always one. I mean, see if you're doing both sets. See if your your job is just to watch both players, twenty two players, and you have to rate every. There's always one. I find there's always just one that slips through the net that you yeah. get horribly wrong, and that's the one that people <laughs> that's the latch one get, on That's the one we get a text for a player. That's saying always a four question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever had anyone on the phone, Gav, giving you pelters for no, a mark? No, no, I haven't. No, but I just remember one. It just sticks out in my mind that. In the Paul Le Guin days, it was a 2 0 win over Hearts, I think, at home. And Jeremy Clement, um, he, he must have had played well. And I think I gave him a six or something. I just remember getting bombarded the next day with you know, <laughs> friends who'd been at the game saying how you could give him a six. So he'd obviously been a standout. <laughs> and well, Scott did that recently with Glenn Kamara. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
still get on with that. Jeremy Clement, my God, blast from the past. He's, I think he's still and playing. He's, I think I saw in. He was actually one of the few sort of ones that really was. I didn't get the impression he really fancied at Ibrox. So the minute Paul no. Gwen left, he was offsky. No, no, yeah. but he was. He I was mean, decent. He was. Yeah. He, uh, what, what do they call it? Recycling the ball nowadays. Yeah. He was very, very good at just moving the ball around. And Although I think they had Barry Ferguson at that time, to be fair. So why they, they needed him. Did they not get a good move back to France? Yeah. PSG. Yeah. PSG. Yeah. PSG. Rangers. So. He, must he, he was decent. decent. He was decent. He was certainly better than Seaboa. It was a good 7 out of 10, man. Yes, okay. Right. <laughs> Unless, apart from that game against Hearts, when he was only a 6. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with uh, goalkeepers. Uh, Alan McGregor, Scott, any sense that he's a man on the wane, aged 37? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, I think if you're talking, if we're talking in general here, season so far, marks out of 10, I would still give him a 7. Which is, well, people might think that's a bit low, but I, I try and do it. If I'm doing man by mans, I think you can start with a, a kind of basic six if somebody's done okay. If they've done a bit better than okay, seven, no, obviously, what you're about, if they've made a few mistakes, you could do it a five and so forth. McGregor has been very good, no glaring errors come to mind. Um, but the same token, no, there's no been. I wouldn't say there's been any kind of season-defining saves yet from him, uh, and they may they may well come in the the next few months. Um, but he still he still looked very safe and sound. Possibly his best save was against Porto, and it was offside. I was just about to say that that was the one that that that, that was the one. I know, but um, I mean, he didn't know the, the flag was up. Obviously, no, no, absolutely. You know, I mean, it was that was a oh, it was a great, it was, it was an outstanding save. save so, did, did you give a mark from this? Uh, I'd say a seven, seven, seven. Perhaps it's testament, uh, Gav, to the fact that Rangers' defence have improved. So he's not under siege in the way that he was yeah. at times at the, the, the early parts of last season. Yeah, and I think the other thing about McGregor is, and this is what it's really going to come in these next few months with him and Davis, and people keep referring to it as just that kind of influence. You know, because he's obviously been over the course before. He was there the last time they won a trophy. So he's, I just think his influence around the place as well as his ability just to pull off those saves yeah. when it matters are crucial. And I think, I think it's, I'm pretty certain that if Rangers are going to win the title, Alan McGregor will need to make massive saves between now and the end of the season. And he will need to be an eight or a nine if we were doing this again. Uh, come May once the, the prizes are, are handed out so he's going to if he stays fit he's going to have a massive role to play in, in this title race and as I say I expect him to make between now and the end of the season big saves that are going to that are going to determine whether Rangers are, are champions or not OK Gav a slightly more difficult one now Wes Fodringham he's been the number two but he's still played a couple of games what, what do you make of yeah, uh, well, he Fodringham? Came, he came in up against Ross County didn't he um, Three. A three. Three. He's an able deputy, but he's not he's not featured enough. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say a th- I was gonna say a four probably. He's not let anyone down when he's come in, he's not played many games. Um to be fair to him, I think we all know he wants out a Rangers, he probably has done for a while because he wants to play, but you no, know, one thing you can't label against him is 
his attitude, no, his attitude when he has come in has looked very good. <coughs> um, and as I say, he's no, he's no, he's not let the side down uh, yet. I'm always a bit surprised that someone in the championship hasn't come in for him because he's very, very good at, with the ball at his feet. Yeah. So you'd think if there was a club down there, and there's a few that like to build out from the back, they would think West Fordingham, someone we could go and get relatively cheaply. Um, but, you know, time will tell. He's going to be on a free transfer at the end of the season. So yeah. I suppose um, if there's any interest, uh, we'll, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, moving on, because we don't want to spend too much time on a player who hasn't had a lot of time. By the way, I'm going to, I'm going to be the arbiter here, so I'm going to give oh, it a okay. four. Um, four. So I'm going to go for four, if, if you guys disagree. Um, so we're going to move on to James Tavernier, the captain. Yeah. Well, costly. I'll give him a six. Costly errors. Yeah. Young boys away. Hearts away. away. Um, missed penalties. Missed penalties. What was the one just before Young Boys? Hearts. Was that one? I thought it was just Young Boys and Hearts. There was the two errors against Young Boys and then yeah. the, the, the error against Hearts. Yeah, the two against Young Boys, one against Hearts. Yeah, six. Um... I mean, I suppose you still can't, you can't ignore the kind of, you know, his assists and his contribution from there. But as you say, missed penalties, mistakes, six, and needs to improve. I, I agree with that. And and that's largely down to uh, Tavernier's high standards. Um, you know, you expect more from him now, because you, know you know he's got the capabilities. Uh, as Gav says, you can't argue with some of the assists and the contribution he's made. Also, I mean, Stephen Gerrard obviously always talks highly of him uh, in terms of his kind of leadership qualities in the dressing room, but there's no getting away from some you know, some big game errors. Um, so I think a six at the moment is, is probably fair. Is there a sense in the last couple of games, Scott, that he's slightly reset because he, he strikes me as being less forward thinking? Looks like he's gone back to basics a little bit. Possibly. Um we spoke about that, didn't we? It was a European game uh, where we thought... Oh, no, it was a Ross County game in midweek where we thought he'd, he'd kind of... Uh, no, he wasn't going forward as much. He was just concentrating on... Um, and I thought the same against Livingston. Yeah, and he's he's yeah he's done okay. Um, but no, if he's going to get up to... Uh, if he's going to get up to eight or nine come the end of the season, he's got to... No, he'll need to come up with these assists... Uh, no big important assists, as well as uh, cutting out the cutting out the mistakes, and and that will mean Rangers keeping clean sheets. Okay, uh, Gav Borna Barisic, seven, seven. Uh, well, I mean, apart from anything else, the character he's shown. We've spoken about it many times on this podcast, just about how we thought his time might have been up. He admitted it last week, I think, in or in Sunday's. It was, just an well, interview, it was a fascinating interview. An interview with Scott, just about. Oh, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, you, uh, you know, I mean, clearly, when you think your time's up to come back from that, I just admire the way. Because um, even in the opening day, again, we were talking, remember, at Commander, and we yeah, thought, oh, no, it's it not going to happen. The opening day, you think he's confidence just. Was confidence was gone. Wasn't? So to come back from that, doing well at international level as well. Uh, seven for me. Scott, you, you talked to him, so what, what yeah. did you make of him? When I was speaking to him? Yeah, just because he was talking quite openly about he, the fact he, he wanted the, to leave. He was certainly the most open he's been since he came to Rangers, but he was also the most relaxed I've seen him. Um, and I think that's the big that's the big difference. Um, I think he probably did come over, I mean he said it in the piece, but I think mm. when, you, when you come for a small 
club, you no, know, it takes a bit of adjusting. He probably thought, you no, know, big money. If you remember right, people look at his social media and stuff. It was such a big move for him. Um, you know, pictures of him and his brother at Ibrox and out in Glasgow. And then uh, Gresda came over. You no, know, it was his pal for you no know, losses yet, you know that. And it, it just, it was as if subconsciously maybe wasn't he taking it as seriously um, as he had to. Um no, obviously picked up a couple of injuries as well, which which never helps. But he clearly went away in the summer and thought, "I've got one crack at it here," um, and tried to come back different. But the, the thing was, his confidence. He had to get the the confidence up. In the first day of the season, Gav's right. I, I thought it looked short. Uh, I wondered whether he would he would come back for that. Um, he missed a few games. But then, obviously, the St Mirren goal everyone talks about has been a big turning point. And I think it was. I mean, listen, it was one goal, one free kick, but just that kind of surge and the way you know, the Rangers fans reacted to him, um, I think was a big a big moment for him. And as he said, he's now looking at guys like Davis and Defoe and um, no McGregor, and that the way these people kind of live their lives, getting into their late 30s. I think he's learned a lot for them. And I think he is a different guy. And I agree with Gav. I mean, we look at him in Tavernier. No, people would pro- would probably still argue over the course of the season so far, Tavernier's maybe played better in Barisic, just generally. But from where Barisic has come from, you no, know, the comeback and you no, know, the strength of character and that that he's shown, I think you have to kind of put him put him above uh, Tavernier at the moment. We are we are seven. Seven, okay. Um, right, um, we're going to talk about someone who's not played as much, perhaps no. a bit unfairly, as James, uh, uh, sorry, James, John Flanagan. John Flanagan. Do you think he deserves more game time, Scott? Well, I've said on here before, uh, in terms of Tavernier, that I would I would pick and choose games when he play them. I mean, you would play Tavernier most of the time, but there are certain, uh, certain games in this league, particularly away from home, I think Flanagan could do a job for you because he's more defensively minded. Um, no, he, he kind of keeps his position more. He doesn't. He kind of maraud forward up the uh, up the right hand side. He likes that kind of one on one battle with wingers as well. So he'll maybe feel a wee bit aggrieved that he's not played more. But obviously, with Tavernier being captain and Barisic's resurgence, he's found it really hard to get in the to get in the team. Um, one, a one, a one. Two. You're hardcore, are you? This is not. This is not the keep we're writing for here. What's, Jeez, no. what's his? Uh, what's the stats there for games played? Um, I don't have them to hand. Oh, right, okay. Um, but yeah. So sorry. two, two, two. Listen, he played a few two games. Three. He played a few games at the start of the season. Barisic was yeah. Was out. I think you're still. No, I think it's still a, th- a three. Right, basically, three. we'll settle for a three. <laughs> Gab's been knocked <laughs> up for two there. <laughs> a three. Uh, yeah, you're going to get yourself in trouble with us. You're, you're going down the notoriously keep route. Um, right, okay, we're going to move on to uh, Andy Halliday now, a guy who's really not had much of a chance this year. He really proved himself a uh, big part of the squad last term, but that's Gav throwing bottles Sorry. about in case anyone's worried. Um, and, but, but this term, he's just been squeezed out of a stronger squad. No, again, it's no it's no slight on Andy Halliday, but you'd need to give him like a two or a three as well, just because uh, of the lack of, lack of game time. I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will tell you 
right, he's a vital member of the squad, a guy you can rely on. Uh, he's put him on a couple of games just to kind of shore it up when Rangers have, have seen games out. Um, he'll want to play more, but I think you'll probably know. I think this is the last year of his contract as well. Um, that his time, his time might be coming to a, coming to an end, and obviously he'll want to he'll want to do that with a with a title win. Um, and listen, he might have a bigger role to play depending on injuries and suspensions between now and the end of the season. But at the moment. He's no, he's not played enough games. Gav, how do you think history will treat Andy Halliday as a Rangers player? Well, I don't suppose you can. Well, it's a mixed bag. You can't ignore the, you know, the part that he played in completing that final step of the journey and finally getting Rangers. Or say finally, the second attempt, getting Rangers out of the championship. Um, then, of course. Just the kind of turbulence we know when it got to the when they got to the top flight, the training ground bust up with or alleged training ground bust up with Joey Barton getting hooked at half time in that Scottish Cup semi final defeat. I mean that was, was humi- it wasn't even half time. Yeah, well, sorry, not even before, sorry, half, before time. half time. You know that was real humiliation. But then to bounce back and was arguably the best player on the pitch when Rangers finally got a derby win over Celtic in that game at Ibrox when he was outstanding. He just sort of epitomised the team that day. So for him to have come back, uh, and not just that Celtic game, I mean, he played, you know, in, those, in the early parts in there, Stephen Gerrard, you know, in the Europa League run. Um, I think he'll just be remembered as a guy who lived the dream, who gave his all when required, but maybe just not, quite didn't have quite of the quality when Rangers wanted to step it up a I think he'll be very well thought of not as a player like some of the, the greats obviously but I think yeah. from a point of view of the mental toughness he showed to overcome he got um, obviously hauled off before half time and, and to show the, the kind of strength to come back from that and as Gav says be the best man on the pitch in that uh, Rangers Celtic match not long you know six months down the line this is a guy that was so far out of the picture he was in Azerbaijan mm-hmm. so uh, I think he'll be fondly re- remembered and in 10-15 years time people will be talking about him Listen, yeah. how, how can any, positively how can any Rangers fan criticise Andy Hardy I mean seriously it's a boy no he grew up in the Copeland Road <laughs> No, he's a fan uh, like the rest of them. As Gav says, got to live the the dream. Um, played a huge part in getting them back to the the top flight. Uh, should have had a Scottish Cup winning goal when he scored against Hibs, an absolute screamer at Hamden. Uh, if Rangers could have just defended their box for, for a couple of minutes, but thank he, God he, they did. He did Scott, he didn't <laughs> down in history. Um, <laughs> and as you say, when when it looked as if he was so far out of the picture um, a couple of separate occasions he's fought back um, and yeah, Stephen Gerrard about him and he can't speak highly enough uh, in terms of his attitude and what, what he brings So, but enough of the plaudits Scott give me a number uh, it'll need to be three again uh, it's something like Flanagan ok we're going to go for three for Halliday three. right, right. Um, on to the defenders Philip Hellander uh, I know this is probably going against my, kind of my argument about game time because he's obviously had to bide his time but I would still give him a seven just because I think when he has come into the side and particularly against Livingston even in the the game just before the international break there I thought he was in fact I was at the game and gave him man of the match I thought he was brilliant that day and I just think he's really shown why they spent three million pounds on him Um, you know because I think again at the start of the season when it was Cartage and Goldson you know we were saying how are we going how's he no, why are they going to spend £3 million on this guy and leave him sitting on the bench? How is he going to get into the team? 
but I think you can see now why they spent that money and you can see what he offers. Aye, it'd be, a, it'd be a six or a seven. I mean, probably a seven, but I suppose you could argue he hasn't played... Uh, no, he didn't play for a, a while. He had to kind of, didn't he, by this time he, to get into the team, obviously, when Katic was playing. Um, can you think of a mistake he's made that led to a goal? I, I, I can't. No, no, no a glaring, no a glaring mistake. Um, we've obviously still to see him in all firm game, yeah, which is a big, big test for any defender. Um, maybe he likes a bit of pace. Well, does he does? But, does but he's like not been exposed as yet no. with, with pace. No, the way the way Rangers have played. And then you've got. I mean, the other thing that would, you would give him a seven. The other reason you would give him a seven as well is for that goal against Motherwell at home. Yeah, crucial, crucial goal. Yeah, crucial goal, crucial time. And also the two Porto games were arguably the no, the, they've been the biggest European games so far. He played in both of them uh, and did very well. And, and Marega is an excellent player who yeah. he was up against in the first game, and and he, he really snuffed them out. And he seems to be. You're looking at the goals in Hollander partnership, and it's probably been the strongest one so far. It looks the strongest. Anyway, um, and it'll be interesting to see if Gerard just just sticks with that now for the majority of games, unless uh, unless they do get injuries or suspensions. So uh, you would you would give only give him a six due to no enough games, but t- in terms of how he's played in those games, certainly a seven. Okay, we're going to go with a seven there. Now we're going to move on to Connor Goldson, who mm. we've discussed a lot about already, Gav. Yep. He's got a lot of leadership qualities yeah. that he shows. He's yep. been an important part of the team. I would give him an eight. Uh, now <clears throat> the Celtic the obviously the mistake that's interesting yeah the, that's the, the biggest mark so far yeah that, do you think he's eight times as good as um, <laughs> he was he came up on John no I think I mean obviously he had that mistake against Celtic you know far too casual gives the ball away but I think the whole team you know performed poorly that day but it was a bad mistake but I think that goal on the opening day you know, injury time against Kilmarnock. I think when Kilmarnock scored, you know, to equalise on the open, you know, in the first league game of the season, you just everybody, you know, I think there was just a sense of deflation. Here we go again type thing. See, I know it sounds ridiculous, you know, that you would say, you know, the league challenge was over after a day, but <laughs> that wouldn't have been the case. But just, it just kind of set the tone. Um, and I just think that goal was just so important, just in terms of showing, look, we're not going to drop silly points, you know, the way we did last season. That was the kind of message. Um, so I think that that goal was crucial. But also, you know, in recent weeks, he has been solid defensively. So you're going for an eight, Scott. You, 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 as, this is radio, but if it was video, people would have seen you sort of. You, you pulled a face. No, There's I'd, no doubt about it. I'd still give my seven. Um, I don't think I'd go quite as high as eight, just purely for the Celtic mistake. And I know that seems harsh, um, but. When I try to do the man by man ratings, I, I, because of what I was saying earlier, you're not really seeing all the game. I, I do try to base it on like big moments in games and how they impact on games, whether it's positive or negative. And as much as listen, Goldson's played well for the majority of the campaign so far. He's played nearly every every minute. Um, he has scored a couple of big goals, none more so than the Kelly one. What was the other goal that Ibrox he scored? Where he, was it Hamilton at home where he, he played it out wide to Tavernier and yep. then got in the end of the cross, which was another, another cracking goal. Um, but that Celtic mistake was, was big um, and it was a body blow uh, for Rangers at, at the time. Um, 
know, and those drop points c- could still be important going forward. So, uh, listen, he's played well, but I, I know he was. It was a costly error yeah, at, at a big moment. I, so think, I, think, I think the fact that Rangers were so poor, I'm not defending him, you know, because it was a poor mistake, but I just think because the overall performance was just so poor that yeah. day, you know, it it's just, like, it's not it's not like they played brilliantly, you know, but a mistake no. cost them, do you know what I mean? But his, his, <laughs> that mistake was just, not looking back, and it was just so unnecessary. I mean, that, yeah, it was... That, the, the way exactly. Celtic had set up that day tactically, yeah. it was always going to turn on a moment. Yeah. Now, it was going to be a set piece, yeah. a moment of brilliance, <laughs> or a mistake. And the minute that one team went down, it was always going to be very difficult for yeah. the one to get back in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it turned out. So we're going to go for a seven there for right. Conor Goldson. Now, a man who's had pretty much a facsimile of a season last year, Nikola Katic. Uh, like last year, started off brilliantly, uh, I think even improved, actually, in terms yeah. of his defending. But he's found himself at the start of the Europa League campaign, yeah. usurped by another defender, and hasn't been able to really get back in since. Gav, how do you assess that? And how, his contribution for the season. I know. Well, that's why, I mean, going back to Hollander, that was why we were wondering how, how on earth he was going to get in the team because Katic was playing so well, especially in those kind of early European games where he thought, here we go again, Katic and Goldson. Um, I mean, I think he's, and he's, of course, he signed a new contract, hasn't he? And during that time, I think he, count, he has to count himself extremely unlucky to be out of the team. But you're looking at Hillander and Goldson now and you're saying, would you put Katic in ahead of either of them? Probably not. Uh, so, I mean, listen, decent, you know, a great guy to have as backup. Just you know, pick to come in. Uh, sorry. Just <laughs> 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 pick a number. Um, six. Yeah, I was, I was going to say six, six. as well. He's, he's played well when he's been in the team. I think he's had a couple of shaky moments. I thought he was poor in the Celtic game. London, uh, London Dykes gave him a very tough time. Yep. Um, he he, he, he struggled, but he found it tough against Dick Piazza at Tynecastle as well. Um, so, listen, he's a young guy. Gav says he's here for the long term. He signed that, uh, that big contract. Um, he had a vital role to play in the Europa qualifiers at the start of the season. Can I take that away from him? So, I don't think he would let MD down. If it happened to Hillander or Goldson, he would come in and do a job. But at the moment, uh, I'd need to go for a six. Okay, now, I've got to be honest here. We're running out of time. This is taking way longer than I ever anticipated. <laughs> I, could, I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the big names now. Yeah. So no, well, you need, I see Edmondson in there. You need I've to got... give him the eight. You need to give him that eight. You said you were going to give him and explain why. I don't like, have a clue what you're talking you're about, Darren. You uh, Darren, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin right. um, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Gavin. Right. Well, uh, right. So basically, we're going to move on. Um, just do the kind of start. Do the kind of start in eleven. Yes, the, that's what we're going to move on to the key players. Okay. So. We're going to start on this new strand right. with Glenn Kamara. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to start with Jack. No. Nope. Oh, Glenn Kamara. Probably a seven. You're not being impressed by him? Seven. No, no, I have. I'm just trying to think. No, I was just trying He's, to, he had a slow, not, he had a slow start. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. That was I was trying to just think over the kind of course and the number of games and I was trying to think back to the games... You know, the big games. Um, seven. 
was Thanks for moving things on I was, at a pace. I, I was, sorry, I was thinking Ryan Jack because I was looking at your list there. I was all geared up for Ryan Jack to give him a nine and then I'm, you just, you threw me. I'm going to give him a six. A six. Uh, and you know, no, I know you slaughter me for giving Greg Kamara a six. <laughs> but again, no, it might sound harsh, but at the start of the season, I thought Kamara was going to start every game for Rangers and be absolutely vital to them. I'd seen him in pre-season uh, and thought he was brilliant and he was going to kick on for last season. Um, but he did have a slow start. I thought he struggled <coughs> in a few games and it looked as if the midfield three uh, was going to have him left out with Aribo playing. Credit to him, he's came back in, he's playing some big games, particularly the, the European games again uh, against Porto. And... Um, no, he looks good again. Whether he's, re- I mean, he keeps Rangers ticking over. Is he really impacting games enough? I think he could still do a wee bit, a wee bit more. Um, he started the Celtic game, also. I know we could go through every player that played against Celtic, but no, didn't play well that day. I think there's more to come from, um, and I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. But I would, I would give him a six at the moment. I'm going to say Scott on that one because I do think he was poor or certainly nowhere near as good as he'd been uh, at his best the previous season for the first maybe couple of months. And he has come on to a game now, but I think six is a fair reflection. Now we're going to move on to Ryan Jack, who I think we can all agree has had a fantastic season. Uh, Come on leaps and bounds. I wasn't the biggest Ryan Jack fan. I've got to put my hands up. At this point, 18 months ago, I didn't think he would probably be a major factor yep. for Rangers under Steven Gerrard, but uh, he's proven anyone that felt that completely wrong. Scott, how, I, how do we rate his I think so he's far? A, I think he's an eight, virgin on maybe even a nine. Uh, he's been so good this season. Um, I mean, right at the start of this, we are talking about a guy like Paul Gascoigne. Ryan Jack's got a hell of a long way to go to get to that level, but in terms of what we spoke about, you know, grabbing games with a scruff of the neck, you know, dictating the tempo of games. I now think uh, Ryan Jack has that in his, his locker. Um, the away game at Ross County recently, and I know it's only Ross County, and it was a, a fairly easy night for Rangers. Apologies to any Ross County uh, uh, fans listening. Well, <laughs> no, no disrespect, but they were poor that night. Rangers were good, but, but Ross County were poor. However, no, I've no seen a Rangers midfielder can kind of dominate a game single-handedly like that um, for quite a while. Um, he's even added a few goals to his game, which we didn't think he had in his locker either. Uh, he's now in the Scotland team. He's a first pick for Steven Gerrard now in, in every every big game. Um, yeah. So as I say, a, a good, strong eight out of ten, virgin on a nine. I mean, yeah, I would say nine. And, but just to touch on what Scott was saying there, you know, I mean, it is a huge month month coming up anyway, you know, for Rangers. But I think in particular for Ryan Jack, because as Scott says, big game player. That's you I mean you really want to see him. If you're Stephen Gerrard, you want to see him really doing it in that Betfred Cup final or at Parkhead in twenty nine. Yeah, I'm going to go with eight. So uh, we've got um, eight for Ryan Jack there. Uh, Stephen Davis, um, he's had a bit of a dodgy week given that he ballooned the penalty over the bar oh. for Northern Ireland, but he's been terrific for yeah. Rangers. Yeah. Um, a real 
full fulcrum of the side. Um, yeah, Gav, where do you place him? Eight, eight as well, probably. For giving Jack an eight, Davis would have to get an eight alongside him. I mean, that penalty was a shocker, right enough, on such a big night for him as well. Um, but no, I mean, his... Surpri- surprising lack of composure with that yeah. penalty. Although they, they were trying to unsettle him before it. Did you see it? Oh, I did. Kind of players, no, I, I just wonder how much of an effect that I had I just don't think a guy has, a, has ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait, listen, you can, everyone can miss a, a penalty, but no, just to... It always strikes me as a wee bit panicky when you decide to just lash a penalty. Um, and I thought that's the way he went about it. Um, yeah. he, I mean, I heard him speak saying... He was always going to put it down the middle, uh, just get kind of too much on it. But I, I don't know. I, I just I was surprised for a guy who has composure on the ball and his experience and all that. I, th- I was I was quite surprised. Look, we've seen Messi do it a few times. To be fair, Scott. No, um, no. So what, what what would you give him? I, I would give him an eight. He's been outstanding uh, for Rangers this season. I mean, I would I'd probably just put Ryan Jack ahead of him only because of the goals that Jacks added. No, oh, maybe Davis could get a few more goals, but he's now playing in this kind of midfield uh, anchor position. Um, no, trying to take the ball off centre backs and build Rangers play for there, but it has been uh, it has been absolutely superb. Do you, do you think Stephen Davis has answered his critics? I've got a quote here: Rangers shouldn't sign Stephen Davis. It's from uh, S. McDermott. <laughs> On I Record Rangers you, podcast, you've, you've just missed a few words at the end. As a number ten, I think, I think that was the debate. Uh, no, listen, you know, print the legend, Scott. You're, I know you're, you're winding me up, but he, he was never going to be an attacking midfielder, box to box. We've said that a million times. At that time, Rangers fans thought, get him in, creative. No, going to no set up goals and get assists. That was never going to be the case. He's now settled into the position. That he'd uh, he'd kind of honed at Southampton, and he's no, he's one of the best in the league, uh, if not the best at that at that holding role. Now. Gav Joe Rebo, Rebo, he's, he's been six, up and down. Six, I think he was. I mean, there was so much hype around him. You know, it was like a big coup to get him. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, I mean, the most praise he kind of heaped on him, I think, was after the East Fife game. Um, we've spoken about him probably more for his performance against Nigeria. Old Firm, the occasion seemed to get to him a bit, albeit he was played out of position. I think he's adjusting to Scottish football. Uh, obviously took that sore one at Livingston, but seems to be coping better and improving every game. Great goal against Livingston on his return, and I think will only get better, uh, but a six. I probably say a six. I think there's definitely more to come from him. Um, he'll want to, no, he'll want to cement a place in that midfield if if that's uh, if that's achievable in this <coughs> this team and amount of midfielders he's got. But he'll want more. He'll want more of what he showed at Livingston uh, the other week. Terrific finish, uh, great goal uh, arriving late for midfield. So. I'd say a six at the moment, but he'll want to get up to the again. Like I was saying earlier about McGregor, if Rangers are going to win a, a win the title. I think they'll probably need guys like Aribo to get up to the seven and eights. We're going to skip out Ryan Kent because it's too early to really judge him. So um, we'll move on to Scott Arfield. Uh, he's obviously been pretty much away for the uh, the whole of the summer playing for Canada in the Gold Cup. Um, I think that's what it was. Is this still the Gold Cup? Yep. Yes, yeah. Um, where they, they did pretty well. He's come back without that kind of same level of break that maybe some of his teammates have had. Is that, is that affecting him, Scott? doesn't seem quite to be the, the, the dynam- 
well, dynamic you, player you that you think was so, times. but but we asked him about it uh, last week, about uh, or a couple of weeks ago, about kind of burnout and how he was feeling fitness wise, and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said he feels absolutely absolutely fine uh, and unaffected by it. Even though you're right, he, he hardly had a break at all in the, the summer. Um, he's not quite at the impact obviously that he had last season. Um, I don't know whether teams have maybe worked it out a wee bit, you know, that kind of inverted role. Remember when he came in at Fur Park, first time he really played there and he got his hat trick and Motherwell couldn't work it out. You no, know, maybe teams have kind of cottoned on, you know, coping with him a bit a bit better. Um but I would still probably give him a six just because I think he is a big influence in the dressing room. He's an experienced player, he's a guy Gerard can rely on, um he can play in a number of positions. Um, and certainly for big games, uh, I would still have him uh, have him in there. So listen, he he'll want to get better. Arfield will know himself um, that his performances will need to improve as the season goes on. But um, I'd still probably give him a six. Six. Aye. Aye. Okay. That's that's uh, <laughs> Gav. Gav getting fed up. Insight. <laughs> Insight. <laughs> Six, six, aye. Six. 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 You, you talked to Negri, of course. I did, yeah. And, and, and he seemed very positive about him. Um, he did, Marillas. yeah. Yeah, he seemed... I mean, fun enough, when you were talking about Loudrop and Gaz, you know, Loudrop laying them on a plate for Morelos. I mean, can you imagine how many he would score if he had that kind of service? Um, but what's he got? He's got 11 to go in 10 games, yeah? Yes. The only thing that might stop him, actually, is game time, because you could imagine that Defoe playing a lot of those games... So it's just whether he runs out of games, but I mean, he's improved his disciplinary record, which is you know <coughs> the point. It's the point has been made several times, and but not lost the edge. Still scoring for fun, big goals. All he's missing is a goal against Celtic. He's obviously scored now for Colombia. He'll be delighted, and he's got two chances before the end of the year to score his first no, goal. No, nobody Celtic. ever gets a ten in the man by man ratings. Johnny should know that. However. If we get to the end of the season, Morelos has hit 40 goals, scored against Celtic, and Rangers have won the title, then we'll give him a, we'll give him a 10. That'll, okay. be, that'll be my first ever 10. Well, he's nine at the moment. Uh, Shea Ojo, slightly less positive, I would imagine. He's had a mercurial season, started very well, looked apart, and apart from probably the goal against Feyenoord, hasn't really contributed that much. Probably a five or a six. Uh, I mean, listen, if I'm if I'm giving Arfield a six, I'd probably need to give Ojo a six, just because Ojo has come up with a couple of big moments at least where, you know, like the final goal, um, scored a couple of more goals, um, a few assists as well. I mean, he's flattered to deceive a lot of the time. Uh, the punters are getting frustrated by him. Um, he does look, he can look lazy at times, which never, never goes down well. Um... Again, like a few of them, I think there's more to come. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets uh, now that Kent's back fit. Um, but aye, probably a, a five or a six. I'd be kind and give him a, give him a six. Yes. He's yeah. played a lot of games. Yeah, probably a six. He has played a lot of games. I mean, you did guarantee 
on an early podcast that he'd be better than Candias when we said that letting Candias go. Oh, I, still letting, be, I still believe that. Letting Candias be- go was, you know, was a bit risky. You said, but Ojo's... Oh, I, think, I, I don't think Ojo's a better player than Candias, to be honest. But I think he's, I think he's well, producing more in terms of his outputs. His I, numbers think, I, are think better. Better, I think he's a better player than Candias. I think Candias gave you a lot out of Tavernier. Yeah. And, and Ojo, Ojo doesn't have that same combination play down the left. I know he plays left and right. He's played both. But that's that's why I think Candace was, was a good player for Rangers because he was a good team player and he allowed other players to come into the game. But listen, Ojo's young. As the season goes on, he, mm-hmm. he's certainly got talent and he, he'll maybe produce more. We're going to top this off with uh, Jermaine Defoe. Defoe, seven. Yeah, but, yeah it would be a seven. I think it would be a seven, yeah. I think it's also, you know, for what he's probably getting out of Morelos just from his presence there and you know he's you could probably argue you could probably argue for an eight just in terms of goal to minute ratio I mean mean, for for all the minutes he's I would would argue an eight Uh, what more could you expect from him possibly yeah, it would just come down to the, again the argument that you know at the start is like how you you He's know no starting a lot. It's just not no starting a lot, a lot of games. But, but yeah, I mean, maybe you could argue. I, I would argue it's no, it's not a slight on Defoe, far from it. But in a lot of the games where he's coming on and scoring, the credit has to go to Morelos a lot of the time for you know tiring defenders out basically. The time Defoe gets on, they've a lot of the times they've been kind of ran ran ragged by by Morelos. So listen, you, you could argue any. A seven or an eight, he's done brilliantly when he's when he's come yeah. away games. Okay, right. That tops us off for the players. But I'm gonna throw in a little curveball. You know I like a wee curveball. Uh-huh. Gavin Berry, Steven Gerrard, out of ten. Give me a mark. Gerard out of ten would have to be an eight. Would have to be an eight. You know, to get to the Europa League group for the second successive season. Uh, there's no doubt there's been improvement there's a greater determination a, a will to win there that, that was maybe missing a bit last season uh, more ruthless so he's definitely learned from last season the old firm game got it wrong badly wrong team selection and that's the one sort of blip you know they draw hearts as well but I mean you're, you're not going to win every game so I think I mean, he couldn't have done much more but Really, December is make or break. Yeah, I, I agree. It has to be an eight. The the old firm defeat is pretty much the only black black mark against his name at the moment. Stephen Gerrard's yeah. had a few eights in his, his life. Uh, the old man, man by man, isn't he? Aye. Uh, no, it has to be because no, as, as Gav says, that the, you're always going to have a time castle, you no know, draw, defeat, or something thrown into even even a title winning season. So. I wouldn't hold that against him. The old firm game, no, he was big enough to. He's pretty much put his hands up and said he, he can have got it wrong. He would have done things differently, um, but you can't underestimate the Europa League qualification and how difficult that was to do. It. Two years in the trot has <clears throat> been incredible. No, they're right up there in the in the league. No, pretty much where where he would have hoped they'd be. So. Huge month ahead, massive games, cup final, two European games, trip to Celtic Park. Um, we said last week on here that, that you know, this period could define Rangers' season. It will certainly define uh, Gerrard's season as well. OK, well, that's the point where we wrap it up. Now, at this stage, I say, Gav, have a wee think about your Twitter handle. Um, we'll be back <laughs> we'll be back uh, this time next week to discuss uh, probably a little bit more because it's not going to be international week so we'll have a little bit more to 
go into with regards to the happenings around Rangers. An even longer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> you can contact any of us to continue the debate on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott 8. And Gavin. At Gavin Berry DR. You can tell he is a fully paid up member of the Twitterati who is never off it. Until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Cheers.